Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, y'all know that whole, like, don't judge a book by its cover thing. We, we did it. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, we did it. So, like, to heck with rules. We're throwing it out. Who cares? 2021. Do what we want. I actually regret. This is honestly really hard. Yeah, I kind of actually regret my choice, to be perfectly honest. It took you a really long time, so I'm actually very excited to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, it like, was a bit to get through. In general, though, I felt like it was really hard to pick a book based on its cover. I don't know what your experience was like, but I tried to just, like, look up, like, popular books on Amazon, right? And then, like, not read the description or not know anything about it. But it's very hard. Yeah. Like, I've definitely, like, started looking at books because of the cover and reading the description based off of it Mm -hmm. and adding those. But I always read kind of what the book is about. Right. So how I think I found mine is that I don't, I think I was looking for a book for a different topic and I ended up on a Goodreads list. And I don't know if you've ever looked at Goodreads list, but they're a hot mess. Like, I don't know who makes them. I think half the time, I think they're like crowdsourced half the time. So I can't even trust it, it. but it was like a books you got to read in 2020 or books we're excited about. I have no idea, but I liked the title and like the cover is pretty. So the cover has flowers on it and it's called love that buy yourself the fucking lilies. And I was like, oh, I kind of love it already. Yeah, right. Color me intrigued. But then there's there's smaller words. I'm going to go buy myself some fucking lilies. There's small words on the bottom, which I wish I had known. And other rituals to fix your life from someone who's been there. Oh, so is this like a witchy book? No, this is like a nonfiction self-helpy book. Oh, I thought this was going to be like real direct, like buy some crystals. Right? Yeah. No, I I thought it was going to be a lot more like that, too. So. Buy yourself the fucking That's lilies. What you were hoping for? <laughs> I mean, it would be. I don't know what I was hoping for. I just liked the title, and it spoke to me. And I'll like talk about it later. And yeah, that's the, the whole purpose of this. I'm proud of you for yeah. making a decision. It was hard. So this is by Tara Schuster, and maybe you know her, maybe you don't. So she is like a producer or something like that for Comedy Central, and like the yeah. only show or the one that she talks about because it like kind of happens in this part of this book is Key and Peel she like produced it or I she love Key and Peele exactly yeah super love it love so basically this book is about how so she uses the term reparenting and there's already like apparently oh, after she okay. decided to call it reparenting there's like another variation of reparenting but basically for her is how it kind of starts is that she hits rock bottom on the day after her 25th birthday so Rough. she wakes Young up to hit rock bottom <laughs> She hits rock bottom the day after, well, I call it rock bottom. I guess she never actually did, but I don't think the rest of her advice works unless you're in rock bottom. Got it. Day after her 25th birthday, she wakes up, dried vomit on her shitty little black dress from Forever 21 that I'm sure we all owned. And she has- But I haven't woken up with dry vomit on it, to be fair. (laughs) No, I haven't either, thankfully. It's also (laughs) never make it back in the bed at that point. Like I'm still in the bathroom, you know, like in the toilet surviving. Um, but she's woken up to three voicemails from her therapist and she's like well that's oh, weird okay and starts listening to them and basically it's her therapist being like hey Tara super worried about you like please go to the hospital <sighs> like da, 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 da. like it's okay that you're in the spot you just need some help you need someone to talk to she drunk dialed her therapist I knew it was coming so that's kind of like her like rosh bottom like that she needs to get her life together uh, and so she calls it reparenting and like part of her like spiel that I liked was that she talks about how she didn't have the worst childhood and so for a long time she didn't feel like she got 
to say like that she got to have this trauma and these problems because she didn't necessarily have a bad childhood she didn't have a good childhood. Can relate. right yeah like there's definitely things in our childhood where it's like i mean it wasn't bad it's like why like but and then she tells you good more, you tell her she tells us more about her parents and i go oh honey i think maybe you're on the lower end there but that's okay um but like she was fed. struggles are their own struggles okay yeah she was fed she was housed her parents didn't like beat her so she was like oh like i had a pretty good childhood da, 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 da. i'm not gonna lie though i really hate that argument of like well i was never beaten so technically my childhood was fine yeah. and like she'll tell you that. stories about her, and her mom is like verbally abusive like she tells you stories in this so basically this entire book is how she reparented herself and how she like got her so now she's like it's fiction i think it's non-fiction this is like real like she did this yeah. oh i it's thought not... this was like a story she made up okay oh that's no cool. yeah no this is all like real so i think when she wrote this she was like 30 31 no she must be like 32 because i think one point she's talking about how she's turning 31 so she's probably like 32 or something in this book and so she's basically telling you like how she like reparented herself and became like a decent person or whatever so it has so she has like three impressive honestly yeah i just don't like the things that she said but i'm glad for her for being in a good place like this is i'm glad all this shit worked for her um and i'll talk about why i didn't like it at the end avi so there's like three main things so there's the mind rituals the body rituals and the relationship rituals so she starts with the mind rituals which basically how she started it as i don't she's like like deep breathing she like read a book or kind of well deep breathing would be the body rituals oh that mind. makes sense where our mind would be more like redirecting thought yeah so the mind rituals she, i think she like asked somebody or she like read a thing and basically it was like journal every day for 10 minutes and so she just starts doing it she journals every day for 10 minutes just anything and everything okay yeah and so like at first because i think it was like a buddy i think she like asked her friend she like asked some friend and it's like hey you seem to have your life together what do you do and she's like oh this is what i do and she's like okay yeah i'll try it which like you must be at rock bottom in my opinion if you're willing to say fuck yeah friend i'll try that weird thing that sounds terrible to me personally but and so her she, friends like accredited psychologists or anything or just no, like just she's looking that, for personal opinion just personal opinion of like hey friend you seem to like not be super anxious and having all these problems and you're not drunk dialing your therapist um and so she starts doing this and at first it's like she's basically talking about how terrible she hates it and how stupid it is and then she starts to kind of figure it out and then it becomes like this like non-negotiable and so she's telling you about it and she was like don't make any excuses like oh but i'm staying over at the guy that new guy's house like he'll think i'm weird and she's like <sighs> go get a coffee or like go and leave attacked. early or just like tell him that you have this non-negotiable so you're like okay sure whatever i don't know so like that kind of pulls through the entire thing like she'll give a lot of other advice that has to do with writing in your journal she also started a google doc at this time like this next day to like write down all of her feelings which feels excessive mm. to have a google doc and a journal and also i don't like a google doc because like, you could go I and don't delete. type it and write it yeah and you can go through and delete all your thoughts right but like that's true i've pen. done that before and i always regret it don't do it guys okay no. just like, if you're if gonna you do it just write, write it down just keep it yeah um and so then the next step or one of the other steps i'm not gonna like hit all of her steps i'm just kind of throwing out some of the ones that's that true. like she talks about that i have opinions on so her next one is to stop self-medicating so apparently she's like she used to smoke like so much weed like she was like addicted to it and like why would you come after me like this <laughs> <laughs> so she was saying that it got to the point 
where like it was becoming like an active problem and also she was starting to get sick from it which i think is like more of a reason to stop doing it that's a good reason to stop yeah but also this was like before it was legal right so you're probably just getting your weed from like oh the guy johnny on the corner guy on the corner yeah like who knows what's going into this the guy who lived in the mother-in-law apartment behind you exactly i got my weed (laughs) so yeah so that's the other one it's like stop self-medicating and then she'll be like so whatever that is for you if that's your glass of wine every night after work and i was excuse me don't take my glass of wine don't come at me me. no um or is it binge washing four hours of trashy tv whatever while you're like like eating your tub of ice cream yeah so like i don't like her judgment okay i don't like her judgment at the end of like everything that she does she'll have a what's yours which just feels like and i think it's supposed to be like a thing where it like follows through but it it felt it started feeling like i don't i don't really know the word it just started to you know what's not de-stressing it's feeling attacked yeah and it just it felt unauthentic. It felt like she like is oh here are all of these things like that she I listed did. like the normal things that people do as coping mechanisms. But then she's like, "But so what's yours?" Because like like no, just tell me what she's you like. Did. Yours is going to be the exact same as mine because yeah. I just listed all the typical coping mechanisms. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, and then if I have one that's not those, I'm sitting here going like, <laughs> I'm so better than everyone. I don't have any. You're like, I'm so much smarter. I have the best coping mechanisms. <laughs> yeah, and so then the next one, she like asks like another friend which you'll see this is a running theme also, which is another thing that kind of annoys me, but I'll talk about that at the end. Oh, okay. um, another friend for advice on like, how are they so put together? And the friend was like, oh, I run. And so she just ups and starts running. I'm just going to say though, that I can both run and smoke weed as coping mechanisms. Cause I do do that. Yeah. They can both work. Like <laughs> You can do both. Why not both? Yeah. And so, yeah, so she starts running only for like her anxiety, like not for like health and fitness because you've discovered that it helped reduce her anxiety, which is super. Awesome. I don't, I don't run though for health and fitness, but I do for anxiety. So I feel like that's fair. Like if I have a really stressful day, running totally works. Uh, other things in her mind rituals. I also feel like the mind rituals had, at least so the mind rituals had a lot of things that I kind of related to or I had more opinions on. And then as it got mm. on, so I also switched from reading to listening because I realized- Oh, when that's I was, right. You did both for this one. When I was reading it, I was skipping paragraphs because she was boring me. Oh, that's uh, not good. So, and I'm going to talk about that at the end. I want to get through the mind ritual bits and then I'm putting it all together. I'm going to try not we'll to- talk about the cons later. Yes. So um, another thing, I don't remember how this one came up, but you have to like write down what you're grateful for. And I think this is the same thing. I'm pretty sure she asked somebody what they do and they're like oh I just practice gratitude which barf I'm sorry I'm my mom gave me a jar for this I have a gratitude jar you're supposed to write down every day something that you appreciate yeah so she said in your journal you write down 10 things every single day that you're grateful for and every day yeah and then but no she's like start with stupid things like so like some of her first ones that she wrote down because like also so she's this just been writing in journals for these past five to seven years i'm not entirely sure she has all of her journals so she like went back to these journals to like get this information but hers is like i am grateful for 
espresso. I'm Ten is too many. I'm not even kidding. Ten is too many. <laughs> I felt excessive for like, you want me to do this from day one? I'm grateful that when I put my shoes on, they were still soft and not worn down because I've had them for three years. Like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. Like, I want you to say that that'd be perfect. Like, yeah, pick something stupid until you can come up to like with more. I guess the like, whole point thoughtful. is to like find things that matter. But like, yeah, even oh, the small it sounds shit. dumb. Yeah. And so then the next one, which is one that I super loved, is we actually finally get to buy yourself the fucking lilies. And so for her, and she's buying lilies. So she did this. She says that she does this, and I 100% relate. So she'd go to Trader Joe's. I don't go to Trader Joe's. I go to other mm-hmm. stores. Doesn't matter. And she would buy, pick up, store. The, pick up the $7 lilies at Trader Joe's because lilies are her second favorite flower. And she would walk around the whole store with them, getting everything else. And then she'd go to put them back. And then she'd, because they're $7, right? Like this what? is. A, this is a splurge. Like we're splurging $7 for something that's going to die in a week and a half. I don't think I understand splurging. Oh, so no, I feel that. I have so many times <laughs> picked up flowers or stood there, put it in my cart, put it back, put it there, put it back, put it there, put it back. Because I'm like, this is like $5, $7. It's unnecessary, it's gonna, right? It's going to die. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have spent $7 on stupider things. Absolutely. But for some but it reason, does die. the flowers is like the one for me. And that was the one for her. And so that's what she said. She was like, buy it and then of course she goes on her whole thing like so what are your lilies is it getting the ten dollar massage in the mall is it buying Um, your calla lilies specifically so there you go yeah is it like buying your matcha latte thingy once a week whatever it is but that is your thing that's like not expensive the thing that matters to you but yeah, it, like you always pass on yeah and it makes you feel good so like you see for her she like sees the lilies on the counter and she loves like watching them open and they're super pretty like i like flowers rather buy a counter. plant so yeah so it's like pick which one it is and just do it like you are worth the seven dollar lilies is what it comes down you to you are worth the seven dollar lilies okay yeah and once you put it right now yeah once you put it that way i was like all right yeah yeah i mean it's seven dollars right let's do it and so then like the last one of the mayan ritual so that one i loved i was super stoked for it also it's like the title of the book that's why i picked the whole book waiting for that and so then the last one of the mayan rituals is fill your well which everybody freaking talks about this and all of them it's like like that whole like fill your cup yeah you can't pour from an empty cup and so she asked the buddy again like this is what gets annoying. She just asks. What do you do when your cup is empty and you don't have the like energy to reach out to a buddy? I, she doesn't have answers. You're fucked. Yeah, she, she doesn't have answers on that one. So, but she asked her buddy. She was All like, right. "Hey, like, what like recharges me? Like, what is my thing?" And her buddy was like, "Traveling, like that, like super, like that, like fills you back up. Like you get so We're much enjoyment." Pandemic. Okay, well, she wrote this like in 2019, so. <laughs> That's she's probably fair. all right i'll allow it her will might be fairly empty right now things are not um, things are not good for her uh but she leave an everybody she was like that's so like superficial and like dumb and like that definitely comes from like a place of privilege and everybody was like that doesn't True. matter she's like why like just because it comes from a place of privilege it can't i think be, that like, really matters like it can't reset. yeah but if that's the thing that resets you and so she goes on to talk about like what is traveling for her so for her like mm. an hour and a half drive like down the coast to this cute little shop that's little town that she loves or traveling she, yeah because she'll like leave in the morning and go to the farmer's market and fart around all town all I day i feel that way too though have honestly, a glass of like... wine at sunset and go home like so that counts yeah. as traveling for her and so like that refills it so i think like even if you start broad like okay traveling and then she talks about going to japan to see your buddy because this buddy lives in japan Mm. so it starts big right and then like work down of like what are these like smaller things that you can do that do that so i do think that kind of helped like but it also just felt like everyone else in every other self-helpy book 
talks about this like you're not original so that annoyed me but I did appreciate how she kind of brought it back to like what can be a smaller version of it like it doesn't have to be the super big one like oh I gotta go to Paris no you can do this I definitely feel that on traveling because like I feel like like traveling is something that like I really appreciate but like to me traveling can literally be like so Krista and I are in Washington and so Ocean Shores really isn't that far of a travel Mm -hmm. like get there depending on where we're at like between like three to five hours tops yeah so like that's traveling to me like I would be totally happy like one of my goals has always been like to go on a vacation by myself but like I would completely consider just like going to ocean shores for two nights by myself as that like fulfilling that exactly she means I I like that she brings it back to kind of like reality (laughs) where it's like what's realistic like within your world that seems good that took her two and a half hours or two and a half hours wow two and a half years that she worked on these like mind rituals which is one thing that I do appreciate the book is that she's constantly like none of this like fixed me overnight like I worked hard so for two and a half years she wrote almost every single day in her her journal she said like early on like she would miss some days you know but yeah so like she did she did the work so that's awesome good so then she go move, we move on to the body rituals so when this section starts so she's been living in new york she grew up in california like outside of what la and like fled and also like part of like the thing that she talks about where like she didn't have like a bad childhood is that her dad paid for her to go to private school my like, dad paid for school. shit but that didn't mean anything okay well, yeah exactly so that's what but that's why she like feels like well i didn't have it because i had a private school and all these things and like yeah. i went to a good college and whatnot but also like so her parents get divorced when she's 12 and she has a sister who's like six years younger and the parents literally that's split rough. they split the kids like parent trap style <gasps> like she went that's with her dad the most cruel thing i've ever heard yeah she went with her dad and her sister went with her mom and the parents like, like the twins that i remember come on yeah, and like the parents don't talk, so like they didn't get to like see each other. So like that comes up later. That's on. awful. But, but anyway, so she had like That's moved upsetting. to New York, and she's been like debating wanting to move back to California because like in her journaling, she's like been talking about like oh like it's like the middle of winter in New York, and she's like oh if it's mm-hmm. California and it's sunny and seasonal depression this that and the other. Yeah, thing. New York sucks. And then randomly she gets a call from I never been there, but it sounds gross. Um, she gets a call. I've either, but I've heard. She gets a call from her boss at comedy central because she basically got like so she did like an internship or senior year of college and then got an entry level job so she's basically been central comedy central this whole time so she gets a call from her boss and her boss is like hey like don't panic or anything but i'm moving to la you're still gonna totally have a job don't worry about it and so she like hangs up and then like key and peel like that Kim Peel's about to take off and like I think they're gonna be recording in LA and she like goes in and she's like oh my gosh like don't you guys think that like I should totally be in LA with you like and it rattles off all these reasons why it's gonna be so much better and they're like uh sure I guess yeah that makes sense and then she calls her boss and she's like oh my gosh Kim Peel want me there they say I have to be there and her boss is like yeah okay and like nobody like fact checks or cares so of course they don't because they don't want to look dumb by asking Key and Peel to confirm something they've already said. Yeah. And also, like, does it really matter if she lives in LA or New York? I like, fucking love Key and Peel. Like, this excites me greatly. Oh, yeah. Once I realized, like, that was where her I knew her name from, I was like, yes, okay, that I get it now. Right. Wow. So, she's had a lot going on in her life. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, she's pretty cool. Like, I like her. I don't necessarily like all the advice for reasons I'll talk about later, but I like her. And some of her stuff is okay. So she moves to LA and she realizes that um, she needs to like actually like take care of her body and stop treating it like trash. Cause like in New York, we're, 
in New York wearing a coat like 97% of the time or whatever, but in LA it's sunny and like people can see it. So she starts like, Oh shit. That's so true. Yeah. So she starts like working out and actually like taking care of her body. And she like asks like this guy she went to high school with, who's like a body trainer or whatever to like, they're like going to go on this hike. And she's like dying like 10 minutes into this hike. And he's like, no, keep coming. And she was like, he's like, this is just the walk. Like, this is the walk from the parking lot to the trailhead. Like what the heck? And she's like, no, she gets up. So then she like makes like small goals of like, walk for 10 minutes straight up I like take as many breaks but 10 minutes of walking and then turn around and then make it to the tree so she makes all these little ones she starts taking care of her body and i like that chapter i thought that was like that's impressive like good feet like, we can all relate with that honestly yes and it was like really good really good examples of small tiny attainable goals of like these little ones i love that yeah so like that and then she starts making habits which is good like she decides like so she has like this whole like when she gets ready in the morning she pretends she's cleopatra i didn't really totally get what point she was trying to make um yeah so she has that and then like other rituals so that's like habits and then there's like rituals for the body so like for her like she loves to take a 4 p.m bath while the sun's still shining i'm not a bath person so it sounds disgusting i don't do baths usually but whatever you create this like ritual this like relaxing thing you have whatever it is and like she rattles off other ideas and then the other part of the body rituals which confuses me this and body rituals but whatever there's only three parts so you got to put it somewhere um is keep your home dinner party ready and so like a dinner party could happen at any second more that like if I you're clean like if your friend stops by you're not going to feel like you have to apologize for the mess and like so that and then, sounds like completely adjusting my lifestyle and i'm not here for that yeah i mean i'm not it's gonna i don't want to do it but i did like it i thought that was really smart it's a good point like, and like um so like don't like craft just like clutter on your table and she has like one corner of clutter so you have like one corner of like yeah like this thing that i like i think is like her example is like a turntable or something she's like yeah i could totally go get it fixed i don't want to get rid of it because one day i would love to get it fixed and get it working but i'm not going to do that now so you get like your one Mm -hmm. corner of clutter so i kind of like that i'm gonna try i've got like eight corners of clutter yeah, so you gotta I know I have lots of them. So you gotta like, narrow it down. Yeah. And then she also like when she eats, even if she's like eating dinner by herself, she'll like go all out and light candles and that's too much work for me. But not happening. I liked it. I liked the concept. You're like treating yourself in your I like home the idea your though. Space. Like you're supposed to do that, especially if you're like oh sorry, hiccup. Um, especially if you're like a single person for like a long time. Like you're supposed to do those things. Like mm-hmm. it's basically like setting the expectation of like what you want your life to look like, like with or without a partner how perfect that you said that because the next topic is the relationship rituals see i knew it and part of that is like um knowing what you will accept like not necessarily like it's accepting that you can't control everybody but kind of like knowing like i will not accept there are lines though they're like okay like she won't accept being yelled at because her mom constantly left her voicemail screaming at her about how she was trash so like i feel that raising your voice is a hard red flag that i will not pass yeah so exactly so like figuring out that one and then um some other ones are that um no one cares and so choose pronoia is what she calls it so basically what she means is this is like we all get like paranoid like oh my gosh obviously my coworker thinks this terrible thing about me and mm-hmm. i'm freaking out they don't Everybody. fucking care they have their own shit that they're dealing with and if i can think this terrible thing why can't i f- assume that they think i'm awesome like why does it instantly have to be like obviously rachel hated my presentation why can't i go obviously she loved it because i'm badass and she didn't tell me that she that's such a good point though because like think about it like 
nine times out of 10, when you're in those scenarios and you do get the opportunity to get feedback, you know, from the other person, it's always positive. Yeah. They're always like, oh, you seem like you have your shit together. And I'm like, okay. Exactly. And like, she went on, she was like, she was like, okay, think of it the other way. Like you're sitting on this presentation and maybe this person's kind of stumbling along, but you're not sitting there going, wow, they're an idiot. You're thinking, oh, maybe they're just struggling or they're nervous or having a bad day. Yeah. You're giving them all this like benefit of the doubt. But like when it's reversed, like I would never be like, so I like that part. And then those are some hot tips, honestly. Like that's like stuff people learn like 10 years into being a professional. But the first part of this section is basically finding and like building your friend family, which is super awesome. Except for she calls it a lady harem, which I don't like. And the because reason- you can have friends that are not ladies. True. That wasn't actually why I didn't like it. I didn't like it for the harem part. That's what I and, don't like. And also, so she does this thing throughout the book where she'll introduce this topic and then she'll say it non-fucking stop. So as soon as you learn about Lady Harem, the entire rest of the relationship over. rituals is about her Lady Harem and how her Lady Harem was there for her. And if when she needed to it learn like about- the implication that you can't have close friends that are males. And also that, I don't know, I just, Harem just turned me off. I didn't like it at all. It's a very uh, like misogynistic term is a thing. And so then like one of the other- I parts, get the point that like we're trying to reclaim it. Yeah, but eh, it wasn't for me. Pick a new term. The last part of this one, and there were other topics in this relationship one, but they all kind of ran together too at the end. It almost felt like she was forcing it. Um, But she talks about like, you can stop being the asshole. And basically it was how like, she was absolute shit to her sister. She was six years older than her sister. And like their whole thing, like when you hear these stories, you're like, "Eh, I can kind of see, but yeah, you were trash. But she wants to start repairing this. And so she instantly is like calling her sister, calling her sister, like she won't pick up the phone with the heck. And then finally has to heart to heart. And her sister's like, I hate talking on the phone more than anything. No, like, please do not call me. And then she gets a little butthurt and then it's finally Important. like, and then it's finally like, oh, like that's not her. Cause what her sister does, like after they have this art art is our sister writes her like 12 letters to one be opened every single month. And she's like, oh, like she does care. And she is interested in repairing her relationship. Just not it's over just the phone. not phone calls for her. Like, oh, cool. We can, I like, feel so seen right now. Yeah. And like at one point, like her dad ends up in the hospital and she like texts a whole bunch of people and her sister actively like calls her and is like hey what do you need i'm booking a flight and she was like oh, okay like she like the sister realizes like obviously because i think the sister is probably well she didn't write a book so i don't know how she's doing but in this situation it looked like she was like oh that's how she what she prefers she likes phone calls and she is going through this really shitty thing i need to be here for her i'm going to call right. her like so she like they were they're working on their relationship towards i feel like this is a really important chapter because like that's definitely just like how people communicate like i'm i don't prefer to talk on the phone like in general like i i've always preferred to text like as soon as texting became a thing when i was like 15 years old i was very excited about this because i knew that this was going to be like my preferred form of communication yes exactly but there's a lot of people who don't understand that or who kind of like try to force their preferred form of communication on you so i definitely feel like this is a really important chapter yeah and like and also like part of like find like a middle ground like maybe like with a sister how can you balance it yeah it's like okay we'll talk on the phone once a week but like otherwise you're not going to call me with these random things unless it's like an important situation like you're gonna that's the other thing is like is it important or not like my brother knows if i've called him it's important and he needs the answer but if i've just Mm -hmm. texted him it's probably not yeah exactly so it's kind of like that's where it ends it ends in relationship actually the last chapter i hated and i'm not even going to talk about it because so it's not necessarily the last chapter but it's the last like relationship ritual and then she has this little like 
sort of like an epilogue type thing and she talks about why that was the end and it's about traveling to Paris and it just kind of came off really tone deaf in my opinion I didn't like it at all but Mm -hmm. overall I'm giving it I've decided three and a half stars because I did like some of the advice but so 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 much of the advice is stuck on journaling and if you are somebody who journals or you think you might want to journal read it you'll probably absolutely love it like there are so many good things in here but you have to do the journaling part to get to it and i'm not there i haven't hit my rock bottom enough that i'm willing to try that i don't know how you feel about journaling but for me i just like every time i try to write something down in a journal i'm just like i don't need to hear my own voice that much like i don't know why i'm just like i don't care (laughs) yeah that's exactly i get annoyed with myself and then my hand starts to to cramp and then i'm like this and then i feel like i'm being over dramatic i don't know if you feel that way like every time i try to write something down i'm like i'm just being over dramatic like yeah so that's one thing that i that wasn't for me but could totally be for somebody who either currently journals or is really open to the idea of journaling especially if you want to start because she does talk about ways that are you can start doing it and you can make it a habit so that could be really great for some people habits um, are important as i talked about as soon as there's a new term or something introduced it's everywhere it's like lady harem is all over the damn place mm, as soon as she petition. tells us about this so that just annoyed me and then it got to the point so like everything that she's like learning or changing she happened to have a friend and she asked this friend and they had the perfect advice and she implemented the advice and it perfectly worked for her like Did never once was she like oh my buddy jennifer told me that i should walk Just 19 flights of stairs every single day and it'll change my life and Sus. i hated it so like like all the names that she like says that our friends like they get brought up again and again so i do believe mm-hmm. the friends but i'm just like really all these friends had this perfect advice and you tried it and it worked perfectly like tell me about the shit that you tried that failed didn't work yeah like, that, i, I hear it, about that yeah it just started to feel like it just didn't feel very authentic and it and, and i don't and maybe that was maybe that was actually how it all worked out for her she tried every single thing a friend said and they all worked mm-hmm. that's awesome for her but it just didn't feel very repeatable if you will mm-hmm. Um, but I did like that she, cause she did at one point talk about like part of her lady harem or whatever, or that you need to have these friends that you can go and ask, especially like when she was talking about the dating one, like, she's like, you should be able to go to your friend and be like, Hey, when I introduced you to Chad, like, what was it? Like, did you see anything instantly that you were like, well, this isn't going to fucking work. And like, you need to be able to have Tell those conversations. About it, right. Yeah. So I liked that. Like you, she was like, you really should be able to have these open conversations. And then she would talk about like, if you have these people and you know that you can't ever like tell them anything you're excited about, cause they're just going to shit on you or mm-hmm. every single, every, every, every single time you talk to them, it's about them. And they never once ask you a single question. She was like, it might be time to write them out of your life. So I appreciated those. Like there was like That's some, fair. she had some hard truths in there where you're like, yeah that's i gotta remember that nugget and then i also really liked that she was really honest with her time frame for like how long all of Mm -hmm. this worked for her like she would regular like multiple times throughout she would be like none of this fixed me overnight like because she would start reading or listening and also if it's uh if you listen to it uh she narrates which is nice um that's good but so you're like listening or reading it and you're just like wow like she's just getting her life together like this is dumb and then she was like it's been two years and you're like, oh, that's a long time. Oh, two years of you journaling before you discovered this one trait about time you that like- actually changed something. <laughs> so like, it just made me feel better. But yeah, overall, three and a half. But like I said, 
if journaling is your thing or you have any interest in journaling or maybe you just junked out your therapist and you need you some need help you need an idea give it a shot because <laughs> like i said there's some parts that i liked and i'll i will internalize and some parts like i might re-listen to some parts in the future if i'm in a different place you know but right I anyways get that that was what i get for judging a book i had to learn about myself what about its cover was interesting to you uh, it literally the fact that it was by yourself the fucking lilies like as soon as I saw it I like it Just hit the title yeah it like hit me and also like it is like really pretty and it's got like lilies all over it and stuff like that but it hit me because instantly I, instantly I was like I do that all the time like I go to the store and I want to buy flowers because I think they're super pretty and I don't because they're six dollars or ten dollars like I've spent that I on totally get that yeah. stupider things and so like yeah that was like what drew me in like it's a pretty cover it has lots of flowers and I like that but the title I was just like you're speaking to me. I don't know what the heck this is about, but I need it. Nice. Sounds like a solid, a solid choice. I'm glad that like we kind of picked a variety. Yeah. Like I'm guessing you came out with fiction. Not, and I definitely picked fiction for this one. Um, I actually originally picked a different one. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, by the same author. So okay. The author, I was just, I literally ended up going through like Instagrams, like hashtag, like pretty good book covers or something. Like mm-hmm. I started just scrolling through those to like kind of see, I was like, what's interesting? What's cool? Like, I just like, wasn't sure what to pick. Um, so I ended up finding the foundlings by Stacy Halls, but I then feel like that's on my list. I went to go add it to my list and I wasn't trying, I was not trying to look at any information, but I saw that the first question on Amazon was, is this a sequel? Oh, um, and I was worried about it being a sequel. So I picked the one that they said was like the first, and I okay. don't think it's actually the first. I don't think it was actually a sequel. I think it's really more that it's in the same like world. Oh, um, okay. and so I ended up picking the familiars by Stacy Halls, which was like her first novel. Okay. Which is fine because it's, it sounded like it was going to be a sequel. And I just really didn't want um, to have that kind of like slant to this. Yeah, I think like, that's I didn't fair. Want it to be a sequel. Yeah, you don't want to jump in on a second book just because you're trying to judge a book. The right covers now. are very similar. So I honestly would have picked this one out anyways. Um, okay. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I'm going to show Krista for a hot sec. Oh. oh. There's like paper and like flowers and like a fox and like feathers and like a necklace and like a person. There's just a lot going on here, but it's also like very well done. Um, so like I thought that was just really cool cover. <laughs> like really that's what <laughs> I went for. Um, I did know it was historical fiction because it was like one of those little like blurbs from an author, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like right at the top. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, anyways, so I did know it was historical fiction, but I ended up doing, yeah, The Familiars by Stacey Halls, but I did also buy the next one, The Foundling, because I'm curious. Like, okay. I had already bought it and then saw that it was potentially a sequel and wanted to not, like, worry myself like that. <clears throat> so, um, this was a really interesting book. I, I kind of thought, I will say I had a hard time kind of getting into it. I don't, I don't really know why. I don't know if it was because it's a historical fiction and like just some of the premise makes it harder to get into. I'm very into Bridgerton lately. So I really just thought it was going to be totally fine. Yeah. I was um, it's kind of like a theme right now. Right. It's like kind of my deal. Um, but uh, so the familiars is based in 1612 and 1613 in um, Lancaster, England basically during like hardcore witch hunts which is super up my alley so yeah. I was very excited that this actually ended up being <laughs> what I ended up picking um <clears throat> so the premise of this book is that 
Fleetwood Shuttleworth, the names are wild. And I think that was part of what took me a while to get into it is the names. Oh, yeah. Like when the names are complicated, I'm like, wait, who the hell is this? And I would like go back. What is happening again? Yeah. Because I actually read this one. Like I've been trying really hard this year to do more actual reading versus audiobooks because like I've always enjoyed reading, right? Like I want to make sure that I'm still doing that. Um, So so the names in this book are definitely a little wild. Um, I will say I did find out at the very end, there's like a little like prologue. Some of these people were real. So like the story itself isn't really real, but like some of these people truly existed and some of the things that they experienced really happened, which I thought that like really added a lot to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it did make it hard to kind of get into it first. Cause like I had a hard time keeping track of characters. Um, but Fleetwood is the main character and like, I kind of hated her name when it first started, but like, oh, wait, it's, it's kind a of her on me a little, like, I'm like, I kind of her, I her thought it was going to Fleetwood I thought it was going to be a man. Like, nope, which doesn't make sense. Is, Cause I was going to say, cause of Fleetwood Mac, but that doesn't make sense. Either. Last name at least is Shuttleworth. Ugh. Fleetwood Shuttleworth. Ugh, that's not, and that made it a real struggle, but she was a real person. She was a real no, human being. I'll stop making fun of her then. I know right like at the end I was like oh I feel bad for like giving her name some shit earlier (laughs) but um anyways so Fleetwood basically like this whole story kicks off with like her um so she's like out in the forest so basically she's married to Richard and they have like an estate you know they're they're upper class in the 1612s like they live outside of um what did I say Langston which is the like the main England area Uh, like the main town so they kind of have like an estate basically that's like she's got horses and it's got a lot of like rivers and shade and so like it talks a lot about like her spending her time you know just basically doing nothing and being a kept housewife um so the story kicks off with Fleetwood so Fleetwood's expecting so I'm just gonna do like a giant trigger warning for this entire book of pregnancy loss because that's literally the basis of this whole book um literally the entire purpose of this book so Fleetwood is in in the woods and she's reading or holding a letter that a physician had sent to her husband that said your wife will not like she will meet her earthly ending or something like if she carries again so at this point Fleetwood's already had like three or four miscarriages like like almost a full term miscarriages like awful horrible um they kind of they kind of frame it as like the way she lives her life um so fleet was really young fleet was only like 17 years old so she's had quite quite a backstory and like some of it you kind of learn along the way but basically like Fleetwood's dad died when she was young and like in 1612 like you don't really have a lot of options as a female like you can't Mm -hmm. really keep your land like that kind of stuff um so her family her and her mother that was it lived in this estate for a long time and she she ended up being a child bride she got married off at four years old to some very old dude who was like in his 40 she was four and she married some guy who was like in his 40s and 50s um apparently he like did some stuff to her but they literally don't go into it other than she alludes to like the first time they were left alone he was inappropriate um so they they don't get into it at all but basically she was married off and then her mom decided to have that marriage annulled and married her to someone else so her current husband Richard um she's been married to him since she was 14 so for about three and a half four years at this point and she's on like her fourth pregnancy like awful horrible like 
bleeding out almost to death, like multiple mm-hmm. midwives. Her husband hired the last midwife and she didn't like her. So she's basically very concerned that like, she's not going to be able to carry a child to term. Like that's Fleetwood's entire purpose yeah. <laughs> in this book um, is to, to carry a child. And I get it. Like it's 1612. That's literally your purpose. That's all, she, that's all she can do. If she that's can't all do you're that, good then, for. yeah, she's going to be right. So she sees this letter from her physician and she's like, it's wild. Like, I don't even remember this physician. I must've been completely out of it after my last miscarriage because her last miscarriage was almost, almost full term, like very close. Um, but they, they literally play it off as like, she's just a child because she's been a child bride this whole time. Mm. Like she still rides her horse everywhere. Um, she miscarried right after like playing with her dog in the mud the last time. But I was like, it's honestly kitchen. This is why you don't expect children to carry babies. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. It's literally exactly why. So she sees this letter and she's very freaked out. Right. She's like, well, shit, like I'm expecting again. Like, am I going to die? So this entire story, Fleetwood is basically trying to f- make sure she doesn't die um which is so sad it's yeah. it's so sad because like she had all the money her family had all the money her husband had no money like they use her family's money to like pay for things mm-hmm. but like she has to ask her husband's accountant to pay for stuff Ugh. 1612 1612 anyways so Fleetwood is out in the woods like doing her daily ride which I get like if you are a normal runner like you're absolutely allowed to run um, oh yeah like when you're pregnant like it, it some of it does have to do with like your regular physical activity levels um so that is a factor here I will say um but basically Fleetwood is like she's reading this letter and she's very distressed and she also runs into this woman who's hunting on her land and she's like, excuse me, you're not allowed to hunt on my land. Like, do you know who I am? And like all this stuff. And this lady is like, no, I don't know who you are. What are you talking about? I'm just trying to get this damn rabbit so I can eat. And so like Fleetwood kind of runs her off um, basically with questions, like not like being aggressive or anything. She's just like, I don't know who you are. Like, I need you to answer these questions for me. I need you to come talk to my husband and all this stuff. And she kind of just like lets the girl off. But she thought it was really weird because the girl was like pretty feral. Like they're not that far from town, you know. Mm-hmm. A very interesting kind of way to start the story. So it's like, all right, what's going on around you? Because they are not next to town. Like, I think she says it's like an hour or something by horse to okay. get to town. So it's not close by. Um, so Fleetwood, I'm not going to lie. It took me a hard, it was hard to get into the story, partly because it's very slow <laughs> like, to start <laughs> until like things actually start happening. So almost the first half of the story is literally just Fleetwood trying to figure out who this woman is getting to know her her husband um the people who are around them so they have like neighbors the uh roger and Catherine. i don't remember the last names i don't even know if they even tell them um but they have like these neighbors they're like the closest neighbor you know when you have an estate your closest neighbor is still like five freaking miles away or whatever yeah and so like they, they spend time with their neighbors at the beginning here um fleet was basically trying to figure out like am i gonna die like what do i do next um, as far as this pregnancy goes, because like, that's been her entire purpose is to like provide an heir. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's very distressed about this. So they had like some neighbors that are, um, they're very close to them. Um, but things are kind of going, going a little bit weird. So part of the story or a big piece of the story is the fact that in 1612, like hunting witches was a big thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically any white, any wise women or women who used non-traditional forms of medication were considered witches. Yeah. Um, so the, the neighbors that um, Fleetwood and Richard are really close to Roger and Catherine, Roger ends up getting tasked with rounding up all of the witches in the area. 
by the king. Hmm. And when you when you pin a witch, they're gonna finger eight other people. Yeah. Because they don't want to get hung. Yeah. So like I'm not a witch. She's a witch and she's pretending that I'm they're the witch. A witch because they're acting like I'm a witch, but it's not true. But it's not. They made me with their witchery. Right, exactly. Um, so that's kind of like what kind of kicks off this whole story, really, is that like they, you kind of get to know these characters, like who they are, like what their lifestyle is like. Like they make it very clear that these these are very rich people who do absolutely nothing, um, <laughs> which I think is really funny because Alice doesn't act like it. She truly acts like a child. Like she just she's very like petulant. She's very rebellious. She goes and does whatever the hell she wants. She doesn't care what her husband wants. But then like she comes home at the end of the day and is upset that her husband doesn't want to like sleep in the same bed with her and like be a husband i'm like well you act like a 12 year old child mm. so yeah. like you know and like that's something that she's always dealt with though so i think that she doesn't even really realize that like her behavior is what's adding to the that that image you know mm -hmm. she's like well everyone used to accuse me of being a child bride and so she's just kind of done the whole like just like go with whatever they've decided that you are already thing um I've had a lot of really mixed feelings about Fleetwood, honestly. Like, I totally get where she's coming from, being a 17-year-old who's been married twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't imagine what that life is like and, like, the fact that, like, you basically are lacking a childhood. But um, it makes it really hard because her entire purpose is to keep keep a child. Her entire purpose is to carry to term, but she doesn't, none of her actions really add to that. Um, so the witch hunts really start kicking off in their area and um roger has captured a witch right and fleet was not really thinking too much of it she's just like well that's weird like we're gonna move on with our lives and she's starting to really she's she's she starts bleeding like pregnancy wise so she starts bleeding um and she has decided that this feral girl that she found alice gray in the woods is gonna be her savior oh i thought alice gray was gonna be the witch Duh, i thought it was so no. clever she does get accused of witchcraft later because, of course, she is a woman who uses herbs mm -hmm. to she attempt to she heal. She doesn't have, like, a husband. She does not have a husband. She's not married. She just lives with her father. Clearly um, a witch. Clearly a witch. So I don't remember exactly why Fleetwood decides um, that Alice is the right person for her, but it, um, she basically encounters her a couple of different times in the woods, and there's something about her that she just really feels as trustworthy, and she feels as genuine. And I guess her last couple of midwives, she didn't feel that way. Like she didn't feel like they were there for her best interests. You know, um, she really felt like they were there to just like make a kid happen. Um, and so like, she's basically trying to find a way to like save her life and her child because she was just like, no, like I don't want to have a child who only knows me via womb. Like I don't want any of that in life. And so like, I really admire like Fleetwood's like determination to really make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering <laughs> what year this is. <laughs> Um, so Fleetwood ends up hiring Alice Gray and things start going really well. Like she starts, you know, like actually gaining weight during her pregnancy. Um, one of the big things is that like Fleetwood's skin always looks kind of sickly. Like that's something that they bring up over and over and over again. So like, it kind of seems like sure she's bringing the child like further into the world, but like Fleetwood's kind of deteriorating along the way. So her and Alice really work together to like make this regiment where like Fleetwood's supposed to like make this like dandelion butter and put it on her toast every day. Like it honestly sounds like a bunch of hocus pocus. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it really does. But you know, sometimes mind over matter really truly works. Like truly the dedication. So I will say that ultimately I don't believe necessarily that Alice did anything for Fleetwood, but whatever. Um, 
so some of the people who have been accused of being a witch by Richard apparently fingered Alice mm. and they were like well she was there for that one thing right okay so <clears throat> It's 1612, and as soon as you say somebody else is a witch, they're obviously just going to start rounding them up. So in Lancaster, they end up with like 12 different witches. So there are 12 women who are stuck in this like pit, basically. So in order to get into it, it looks like a tower, but as soon as you open the like door to the prison, it only goes downstairs. And it's all dark, and it smells like piss, and like, it's awful. And so they basically just start throwing everyone into prison that this child accuses people of. So there's like a, a witch child, like Allison device, but it's not spelled like Allison, but with a Z, like oh, Allison, Allison device. Yeah. So like all the names are very weird. Um, I don't remember if that was one of the real people or not, but the names are odd. Um, so basically what happened is that like, uh alice has some sort of interaction with these witches so she's not a witch but the fact is that she has like an association with the witch family and witch so this association exactly and so this child who is part of the witch family has decided that in order to save her own skin and to live at this fancy house where they have soap and shit uh, <laughs> soap is so fancy so fancy. Ooh, a little so fancy she's just gonna she's just gonna name everybody in her family as well as anyone associated and so they basically start rounding up all of these people who are part of um like one specific night like there was like a, a party at at the denizen house or device house i mean um denison what is this hocus pocus <laughs> yeah i'm like are these new what is happening? not nope device house i was i was mixing up alizin and device yeah um but basically they start running up all these people right and at this point fleetwood's freaking out because she's gotten most of the way through her pregnancy and it's been fine other than the blood that she had like prior to her hiring alice gray she's had no issues like she's gaining weight like normal like she hasn't been bleeding like she was before although she's riding her freaking horse all the time which is driving me nuts um you gotta stop that at some point but i know right and that's really. the thing although i guess <laughs> I don't know. But like she's got her own like marriage issues going on too. Like her husband is very controlling, which I understand like being an older husband to a young wife. Like you would expect that kind of dynamic, right? But um she starts suspecting that like he he has an he's having an affair and like all these other things are going on because it's 1612. They know what the hell they want, especially when they're gone a lot. Um so I, I just can't give too much away. Like pretty much everything in this like gives another thing away. So I'm trying really hard not to do any of that. Um, there are familiars in this because it's called the familiars, right? Yeah, I was and waiting so for that to pop up. I was just like, I'm not sure how to like introduce it without giving away too much information. Oh, okay. So I'll just talk about it. Um, I think the familiars, the way they kind of work them into this is really interesting. They're not really detrimental um, in any way, shape, or form. Like you would think that they were, they would be more um, of a central plot point or yeah. at least like something um, significant to like the way they kind of like I mean, yeah, it's the title go to trial book. or whatever. But basically they just start accusing women of having familiars. And then people would be like, have you seen the familiar well no of course not you can't see a familiar unless the devil wants you to 
How can so literally they would just accuse everybody. So what I, I really liked about this book is that like literally all of the women just spend their time being like, oh, so men are afraid of wise women and people who know things. Got it. <laughs> like that's honestly the whole sentiment. Like every single woman that they encounter is just like, nope, they're just afraid. Like men are just afraid of women, like knowing things yeah. like, or things that they don't understand. Which like, is accurate, let's be honest. Which is so accurate. And so like, even though this was technically fictional, I do feel like the way that they dealt with the witch trials and um the way that like they dealt with like women's pregnancies because it came up quite a few times like not even just Fleetwood was pregnant like there was other pregnancies in this that like come into play um which is why I definitely think if like pregnancy loss is a is a huge trigger for you please avoid this book it's not good it's literally the entirety of it um like you cannot avoid it um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think overall they did a really good job with, um, making it feel historical. I did, I did feel like it was very slow to start. Um, it took me a long time. I felt really bad that it took me almost a week to get like almost a quarter of the way through because I was like, why am I struggling so hard? But I think the combination of the names and the way that they were kind of trying to like lay out everybody's backgrounds mm-hmm. made it like that, which I get. Cause like, it was really pretty detrimental to like knowing the way the rest of the story was going to go um I think the author was really good with like tactile descriptions of things okay you know how you know what I mean like they're not always good at like explaining like the way like the uh the character was feeling in an area like like the way they would like touch the horror so like whatever like I just felt like the author did a really good job and was like very descriptive and like I felt like I kind of felt like I was there um like I feel like I could really like picture the imagery of like what was happening Mm -hmm. and especially with a historical fiction I think that's really important like they would talk about like the way that like the cobblestones were like moist and like slightly moldy with mildew you know what I mean and I could totally like see that yeah um so I thought that that was really good um and I just, I just like the fact that there was some basis in truth. Um, apparently in reality, like there's no proof that like Fleetwood knew who Alice Gray was. Um, but they, they added that to the story. Like mm-hmm. even though Fleetwood and Alice Gray, like their relationship is like the entirety of this story. I don't really want to tell you what happened other than Alice does get accused of being a witch and Fleetwood needs to find a way to save her. Okay. Um, it's very interesting the way that they play that out. And I love the fact that that is truly what happened. So the way that they, they do treat Alice in the end here is, is what happened in real life. And I will tell Krista after this because it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. I need to know um, what happened, but I like that know. the fiction went with what really happened. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And honestly, one of my biggest cons was the fact that they completely kept being like, are you sure I should keep riding my horse? And they're like, it's totally fine. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Your placenta would have detached miles ago. It's 1612. <laughs> they don't know that yet. They don't know that's what's causing it. And it's I fine. know that they don't know that, but like, it just, it drives me a little bit crazy. Like just like the fact how reckless she was. And then she was also so very determined to bring in a child I think some of it the point was the fact that like she was a child bride and she didn't know yeah and people weren't know. educated um but like even the midwives were like oh no it's totally fine yeah but then again they didn't know either yeah and she's trusting them and as a child that's like what you would even as like a young even if she was like in her early 20s as and as an adult you wouldn't know you, yeah you would still expect her to trust a bit but like she would literally travel like 50 miles in a day on her horse galloping and I'm like whoa not even at a trot yeah or like, like the, the sideways lady ride I don't know I don't yeah know and then, then she would she would like like Fleetwood would try to be like I don't understand why you think it's my fault that like I miscarried when she would be like 
seven months pregnant and then like be playing with her dog outside in the rain and the mud and throw it and the dog would knock her over and she'd fall on her stomach flat on the ground and then start bleeding weird well, she's a child i'm like have, you're not being careful <laughs> no they didn't um so i i feel like that like honestly like the historical parts of it were like the reality of like them not knowing some information was the most infuriating part um, and the fact that names were hard to keep track of, but then again, some of these people were very real people. Um, so I appreciate that they did try to keep some reality to it. Um, although the story itself has no basis in reality, right. other how, than the fact that there were witch hunters. How many like pyres? That's what we burn witches on, right? How many pyres out of five? Am I even saying that right? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I I think that's right. Um, I'm gonna go with like three and a half because it was so hard to get into like okay. it really was a struggle to start um I think going back I'd be able to get into it faster like kind of knowing where it's going and like the intention for all of that background mm -hmm. information but it just made it very hard to like kind of um I didn't get sucked in like I normally do you yeah. know what I mean when you said that you have the second one and you're going to give that a try yeah and I don't I think it's in the same world but not the same story oh line. okay do you know what I mean? But maybe that'll be helpful though, because like since you kind of already know the writing style, maybe that you'll be able to get pulled yeah. on more. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but overall, I I did end up really really liking this book. Um, even though I felt like some of it was a little far fetched. But then again, history is pretty far fetched in general. True. Yeah, it's kind of hard on some of those. <laughs> like the reality of history is that it's like yeah. it's hard to understand yeah. things you, you don't understand. Bang your head against the wall and be like, but we know so much more now. How did right. you not die it? six what is happening yeah, yeah exactly so um yeah no overall though it was a really great read and i'm looking forward to reading the next one yeah i do like that this topic of like judging a book by its cover really kind of pushed both of us like i rarely read nonfiction. i almost never I never read. do historical fiction yeah i've done like one ever and it was for yeah. the podcast because i pushed myself but yeah, yeah i don't ever do like i rarely do like self-helps like i listened to that rachel hollis after you told me and i liked that which also did make me feel a little bit better about trying those she's really today, motivational so. yeah um but yeah i liked that it just kind of pushed it we'll have to do this again maybe we can judge by titles because technically i guess i bought mine more for the title than the you did honestly yeah so we'll have to do title next yeah, yeah i'm into that. that in um but yeah i think what our next one or birthdays maybe i think we've I got know. birthday books coming up yes yeah. uh, it's on both, my list we're both march babies so that'll be coming up so be sure to listen in see what we got each other that's gonna be a fun one uh socials uh instagram isn't it past your bedtime and twitter iipyb if you want to find us there you can check out our website to see what we have talked about in the past in our archives or what is coming up next at isn't it past your bedtime.com and we have an email, isn't it past your bedtime at Gmail. If you have recommendations, maybe a topic idea or just lots of things you want to say. Lots of feels, whatever. You just want to say hi. That's cool too. Uh, I think I already threw it out, but isn't it past your bedtime at Gmail in case I didn't. And we will talk at all of y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.